Welcome to a brand new episode of Tale Talk. This is Casey, and I have three okay people with me. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I know. I actually like all of them. Uh, I just don't like to make them think I do. So why don't you go and introduce yourself in the order of Bob first. I'm Dave. I I guess I'm Lauren. I guess I'm... I'll be Casey. Or Bob. You can refer to me whatever you want. Sounds fantastic. Okay. Great. Good well, job, guys. Gonna... <laughs> we got through that part of the podcast. Let's <laughs> see if we can get through the rest. Uh, so... This episode is about what if. Um, I, who came up with this, Bob? Was this your idea? Was this uh, my idea? This was Dave's actually. Was it Dave's, Dave's idea? idea? Yeah. Dave's idea. This is a good Evident- idea. Evidently, so, the least likely person to come up with a good idea is Casey, named off every other person before me. But except for me, I wasn't on that list at all. Well, that makes sense. You you make lists. You don't go on them. Okay. Okay. So Dave <laughs> made this episode up with his own brain. And uh, <laughs> this is going real well today. I, I just meant because every podcast we do, she has a list by the end of it of things she needs to I watch or do. The other I got person, it. I got it. Uh, story. Okay. We might have to start this over. I, I believe it's we start like, over. This is a bad yeah. it's And it's breaking up, too. Like every time that we've like talked over each other, like it like glitched out. Breaking up is hard to do. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll start over from the top though. All right, a uh, single clap. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tallate Talk. This is Casey, and I have with me three of the most unlikeliest of heroes. In one place, which is crazy. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Starting with whoever wants to go first. Who has the longest beard? I am Bob. Bob. Yeah. Then I'm Dave. Yeah, I'm Lauren. Sorry. No beard over here. No, that's quite all right. Um, so, yeah, you might recognize them from those geeks you know or other Talbot Talk podcasts. But today, Dave came up with a pretty sweet idea um, called What If? And the premise would be that each of us would uh, come up with a question, a what if question for the other person, and then they would have to make a little story to go along with it. Um, I'll give you a little history about what if, at least in the comic book world. Uh, So in Marvel, it started off in the 70s, uh, 1977. That was the first one. What if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Which, obviously, we saw them do that multiple times throughout the the next 60-plus years or so. Um, And then it just kind of continued on uh, throughout Marvel's publication history, just showing up every decade in a new iteration. And then we even have a What If animated series coming out this year to Disney+, Plus, maybe next year. I think it's coming out this year. It's supposed to be the end of the year. This year. Originally, at least. We'll we'll see how the the virus... Dates are not a thing anymore, so who knows? Yeah, now it says mid-2021. And it will be considered part of Phase 4. 10-episode season. So, um, but the same sort of thing. You know, what if uh, Peggy Carter was Captain America? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Bob? 
And uh, DC does something similar. I don't believe they call it what if, but they do have alternate storylines that are kind of like mini series or, or changes. Like, for example, I have a whole series of like Batman's a samurai, Joker's a female, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool. Both both ends. Yeah. So the DC is called Elseworlds. So that's where you get things like uh, Red Sun Superman is an Elseworlds tale. Um, Batman by Gaslight would be an Elseworlds tale. So, you know, all these kind of weird off stories that don't fit into the main continuity. Have you read the Gaslight storyline? Yep. Yep. Mike Magnolia. Yeah, it is. Um, Mike Magnolia, who created Hellboy, uh, did that one. Is the uh, animated movie any good? Does it? I mean, I'm assuming that if you like the storyline itself, the animated movie would be good. Yeah, I mean, they took some creative liberties, as they tend to do <laughs> in those animated movies, but not in a bad way. It, it ended up being pretty good. I liked it. It sounds like a good premise. I mean, that's the one with um, Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah, it's cool. I was just going to say, part of the reason I thought of this is because these stories have always um, kind of appealed to me, just because... As comic fans, we give, I feel like we generally give uh, whatever media it is, whether it be a movie or a series or a show, a lot of grief if they don't stick to the comics or stick to what we know. Um, and so I've always kind of liked these stories. To let, it lets really creative people just be creative and not worry about continuality and stuff like that. They can kind of go in any direction they want to go in. And I think sometimes that makes them almost more creative because there's no constraints on them. So that's kind of why I've always liked what ifs and what made me think of this. So, Yeah, no, I think it's, it's good. It's nice. Like you get to play in that sandbox with your favorite characters, you know what I mean? And you don't always get to do that. So yeah. What if Batman meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that happened in my house a lot. And then finally IDW comics did that. It did Bob. Don't give me that face. It's pretty cool. They came over to your house. It was wild. Uh, I just want to point out uh, one more thing that we added kind of a twist to this episode was um, we gave each other the what ifs. Um, We don't know collectively what each one of us got. At least I don't. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing. So I gave Dave his. uh, Lauren gave me mine. Uh, I believe Dave gave Casey his and then Casey gave Lauren hers. I'm anxious to see kind of what, what was exchanged. Not COVID, because we're socially distancing. <laughs> Just want to clarify that. Um, all right, so Bob volunteered to be the first one. So tell us what was your what if, and then what you came up with, man. So uh, disclaimer up front, my, I, I typed my what if out. So I'm going to be reading it directly from what I typed. Um, the what if I got, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Because uh, I, I do believe sticking very closely to what uh, was given to me. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh boy. So, so Lauren texted me, <laughs> and her what if was, uh, and I'm quoting, Bruce Wayne is born into the Joker's family, and the Joker is born into the Wayne family. So, Isn't that what uh, that White Knight comic is? Sorry. So i'll get to that actually so um it, it's not the, the white knight exactly comic is, is joker is essentially healed and, and becomes yeah. normal but starts taking his meds um 
So uh, based on what Lauren sent me, I have to assume that in order for the Joker and Bruce Wayne to be who they are, they still have to be genetically the same person, which means uh, this would have to be some sort of a, a mix up at the hospital because um, they have to be born the Joker and born Bruce Wayne and then and then go to the other families. Um, they are essentially uh, adopt each other's backstories in that case, meaning Bruce Wayne will not have one. Um, so we'll put him on the back burner and we'll come back to him a little later. Okay. As for the Joker, I'm going to go with the name. He willingly adopted in the miniseries Batman the White Knight by Sean Murphy. Uh, first comic book appearance of the name coined in Tim Burton's Batman of Jack Napier. So in this case, it is Jack Napier Wayne. Uh, at the age of eight, Jack and his parents, Martha and Thomas Wayne, are leaving the movie theater when a mugging gone wrong leads to the death of Thomas and Martha. However, <gasps> the police... Oh my God! Spoiler, spoiler! I should have said. Spoiler. Jesus! Spoiler alerts. <laughs> However, the police don't show up to find two dead bodies and a crying boy. Instead, they show up to find three dead bodies and a young Jack covered in blood, breathing heavy, and in utter shock, with a large, toothy, almost grin on his face. Alfred watches as, over the course of the next ten to eleven years. His master, Jack, is in and out of children's detention centers and psychiatric wards. He can tell that there is a disruption in him since his parents passed. He is disturbed. But once he reaches the age of 18, he is released and comes home to Wayne Manor to tell Alfred that he has an idea. Alfred, who has stuck by the family for over 50 years, who has watched over the manor and the assets while Master Jack sorted out his life and came to grips with what happened to his parents, says he cannot stand by and watch as he goes down this path and he walks out and he leaves. Jack Napier goes on to develop a day-to-day businessman persona, the persona of a cutthroat, egotistical, and sometimes even crazy businessman. He is Christian Bale from American Psycho. He makes millions in business and stock market mergers and for the people that turn the other way, oh, and for that, people turn the other way as he over the t- as he's over the top almost psychotic psychotic antics, both in the boardroom and in his love life. But that is nothing compared to what happens at night. At night, he paints his face and dons a bulletproof, dark, almost nighttime purple bat suit and goes into the city, killing and torturing criminals. Low-level, nobodies, robbers and druggies, number runners. And as he butchers them in ways that has the public feeling bad for them, Behind, he leaves a calling card, a Joker card to be specific, and he becomes the crime-fighting, murderous Joker. This carries on for some time until a new criminal shows up in a dark black and gray zoot suit with a long hat and a feather, a man calling himself the Dark Knight. Over the course of the next few years, the two go at it, sometimes publicly. The Joker calling him out and the Dark Knight desperately trying to stop his terror on the criminal underground. Others come out from time to time to help the Dark Knight battle the Joker, but the battle between them was always in the forefront of the war. It was the two of them locked in a struggle for what seemed like forever. Forever cursed to both need each other and despise each other. But that was until... The Joker got wind of another villain disrupting Gotham's peace. His MO was freezing people, and the Joker had a brilliant idea of how to kill and torture him at his own game. But when the Joker tried to make him another one of his victims, 
this Mr. Freeze got the best of him and froze the Joker in place. In a giant block of ice, Mr. Freeze takes the block of ice to a secret hideout under the Wayne Manor. Once there, he removes his mask, and the blue icy face of Alfred Pennyworth is revealed. Speaking to the frozen Joker, no, speaking to the frozen Jack Napier Wayne, he vows to find a cure for his madness and return him to the person he was, the boy he knew, for the sake of his parents and for the sake of Gotham. Why did I go first? <laughs> so so my idea on that was kind of still keeping the idea of his parents um as the as the cause for what be- makes Batman become Batman but because of Jack Napier's genetics he's a little crazier he doesn't have that rule that Batman has he actually kills the criminals and uh then I I kind of liked the idea of you know Bruce Wayne and Joker still having this this fight this duel but the idea that that you know Alfred is so close to Bruce and you know not just a father father figure but like a grandfather figure that I don't I don't see him you know sitting back and watching um uh, the Joker ruin the Wayne family name so I kind of wanted to pull him back into the story and make him be the one that's you know trying to save Bruce or, or Jack in this case I'm glad that you stuck with, um, like, the the kind of swap, um, just, like, the, the mix-up of the hospital, I think is how you phrase it, um, because you're still going with the Joker's nuts. You didn't necessarily tie that into the Joker's originally backstory. He's driven mad, like, something like the Killing Joke or something like that, but um, he's kind of born that way, so I like that. That was cool. How does Alfred become Mister Freeze? <laughs> so, so that, that's he, funny. I, I, just because he does. I, I mean, I could have gone on for pages on this. I wanted to keep <laughs> it somewhat short because I didn't want the whole episode to be about yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did have this idea that you know Alfred is trying to figure out a way to like essentially stop the Joker. I mean, I sat there when, when I when I came up with the idea of Joker becoming a, one of the other villains. Um, I was like, you know, who's who's the best one? Maybe he is toying around with chemicals and is trying to come up with a way of like, you know, as a scarecrow and, and, and poisoning him or something like that. And then I thought about Bane, but I'm like, these aren't realistic things. To me, I liked um, the recreation of Mr. Freeze from the Batman animated series where he's less of a villain and more of just a guy who I, all I want to do is find a cure for my wife and everybody else is getting in the way. So I kind of saw that as being Alfred. He just wants to find a cure for, you know, Jack, he doesn't necessarily want to cause, you know, mayhem and, and antics. So I settled on the Mr. Freeze. And then from there, I just figured, you know, maybe he same kind of idea. He hurts himself on accident while trying to come up with some way of, you know, stopping Jack while he thinks of a cure or something like that. That's kind of the direction I was going there. I like it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, definitely way more in depth than. I uh, thought anyone was, was going to go. Like, I, that's, I thought it was awesome that you took the time. I see why you wanted a week break. Like, uh, you, yeah, wrote, right? you, you wrote <laughs> you wrote a graphic novel, which is way more than I did. So feeling I'd a little say. bit underprepared now. But it was awesome um, and definitely, like, super creative. Um, man, thought it was awesome. I do want to point out the ironic fact that Christian Bale played yeah. you know, American yeah. Psycho, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> 
what um because it like kind of is breaking up a little bit i don't know why but for me and for the listeners what it what was batman his persona like i heard like feather in his cap and i i assume he's robin hood no so i'm I'm picturing kind of the same same look as the joker has you know he's got the suit he's got the long brim hat the feather um but in this case he keeps the same colors so it's gray and black and he calls himself the dark knight versus you know batman gotcha but you still had the joker as batman he was wearing a purple bat suit so right. he still had the experience with the bats and all that yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if the Batman, as far as, like, the heavy bat uh, uh, imagery is still there. Because um, in, in my case, he's not wearing the cowl. He's still painting his face. Um, but I, I do want to keep the same kind of body armor type look. Um, so that's kind of why I just kept the Batman um, mantra. I guess the main thing that I wanted to hear, besides the keeping of the psychotic of what is joker i guess really i wanted to see like what would joker do with access to billions of dollars like what and like tech and stuff like that what would he do and that's become a vigilante dexter that kills (laughs) a dexter (laughs) i i think the other cool thing about the story is like it's it's ultimately nature versus nurture right like you didn't try to cure jack napier you didn't try and make him like this wholesome Batman character because he is messed up in the head, which you could have done. And I think honestly kind of would have been the easy way out. Um, so I, I just think that's cool. It's like nature versus nurture. Like he still is psychotic and he's still going to find a way, even with a Alfred is like a solid upbringing. Yeah. He had some tragedy. Um, but I definitely liked that. You went that route. I, I appreciate that, and, and that was a conscious decision. I did, I did think about the nature versus nurture thing, and um, that's why I kind of wanted to keep Jack as still a crime fighter in the sense that he is killing bad guys, and I wanted to keep Bruce as you know he is a criminal, um, but they still had that the, the good and bad tendencies. So, yeah, I, I think I, I softened Joker a little bit, and I, I hardened Batman a little bit, but I still tried to keep them you know, on, on their, their perspective paths, if you will. How did he kill Joe cool? That's a, that's a good question. I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just like the idea of, you know, oh, he wasn't going to sit there and yeah, cry yeah. like Bruce did. He was going to, you know, really, really do something. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate you uh, indulging me in my, my little story here. No, you did a good job. It's a good job. Um, all right. Uh, in my roundabout, it's Dave. All right. So Bob asked me the question. Uh, I'm not going to read it verbatim. Sorry, I don't feel like pulling up the text. Uh, basically, what would the X-Men universe be like if Wolverine was the big bad? Oh. Uh, dun, dun, dun. So I did, not write, I did not write out a graphic novel. Um, <laughs> just some notes so I can kind of talk through it. Um I think that if Wolverine's the big bad, um, to me, there's kind of like two types of villains. There's your physically imposing villains, and then there's your masterminds. I mean, there's going to be in-betweens, but ideally you got those two. And I think Wolverine, because of the rage that we all know and see, would be definitely like a 
physically imposing, like he's going to fight to take over. If a bad guy doesn't want to get on board, he's going to kill that bad guy and kind of say, you guys are with me now kind of approach versus trying to mastermind everything. Um, So I think you would see a lot of violence and a lot of even organized crime where he can just literally be the muscle. Um, I had to think here, like, would Magneto still be a bad guy? Because I think that Magneto is kind of a mixture. Like, yeah, he he's violent, but he's also really smart. So I feel like he wouldn't want to, wouldn't be able to battle with Wolverine and he would want, he would probably end up helping Xavier and the X-Men. Like he would have to, um, because I feel like Wolverine would recruit the brotherhood and all these other evil mutants to eventually um, kind of make like a huge organized crime type thing that would be hurting humans and hurting everyone, which is where Xavier and Magneto would have to work together um, to kind of uh, stop him. Plus, obviously, Magneto is the key component to Wolverine's biggest weakness. His other weakness, in my mind, is Jean Grey. Um, so I thought that that battle would be really interesting for her because she also has some darkness, especially with like the Phoenix saga. Um, so I tried to like, think about what she would do. Would she stay good and stay with Scott and the X-Men or Cyclops, or would she give into that darkness and go with Wolverine? Um, I also put that it, (laughs) I go, it, it, I don't really think it would be overly difficult. I feel I feel like it'd be a big battle, but I feel like ultimately Xavier can get into Wolverine's head. He's he he's done it a ton. Um and I think that ultimately if Xavier and Charles work together, they would be able to pretty easily stop Wolverine. It would just be to the point where it would be the decision of Charles of when he wanted to completely go into Wolverine's head and and kind of end him kind of from the inside out. Cause I don't know that you can just physically beat him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I just wrote down notes. I didn't write down a whole graphic novel, but the big thing to me again would be like the type of villain he would be, which is just killing people, super physical, super violent. He wouldn't be worried about people's feelings or anything like that. And then the biggest questions that popped into my head, like I said, would be what would Magneto do and what would Jean Grey do? Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I wrote down. That's all I didn't write. I didn't know we were writing a, a comic. Sorry, Bob. So yeah, go uh, I got a couple a couple of questions I want to throw at you just, you know, um, as what would you do in the scenario? What makes Wolverine the bad guy? Like, what's the what's the what's the moment that causes him to go? You know what? Well, yeah, things, I mean, things got to change. I think we've seen throughout different iterations of comics and stories and stuff that he's gone through years and years and years of, of trauma. And I think Xavier was kind of always that one of the forces that kind of kept him even or kept him keel, kept him from snapping a lot. I mean, he did snap many times, but like he would always kind of come back. Um, and that's why I think that, so I think eventually it would just push him over the edge. If I was writing the comic, maybe I would have the decision for Gene to stay with Scott and Charles and the X-Men instead of going with Wolverine, finally be that thing that kind of pushes him over the edge. Cause he's dealt with so much, seen so much, lost so much. Um, 
and then that kind of being the straw that broke the camel's back would be Gene deciding that he, to stay with Scott. Yeah, go ahead, Casey. Well, what I was going to say is I think in order for this to work, if you have Xavier and Magneto, two Omega-level mutants, like, game over. Like, there is literally no way. Like, Xavier goes inside Wolverine's mind and just stops it. Magneto rips out every piece of animanium out of him and strangles him with it. But if they combine their powers, if you have Jean go with with Wolverine, she right. can go up against... She's at Omega level, so she can go up against Xavier and Magneto psychically. And especially if she goes full Phoenix, like I could see a pretty cool comic with like the two of them, like ruling the underworld together and like almost, and I kind of feel like they would eventually bring Magneto over because they could just be like, listen, we're doing this because of all these humans suck ass. And then he'd probably go, okay. (laughs) And I also, also wonder like what other X-Men they would be able to convince to come over. Cause there's gotta be other X-Men that are on all peachy keen and aren't, just followers of Charles. Who is it? Morph or Multiple Man? You know, I mean, there's yeah, there's a there's bunch that guys. are X Men that don't. They're in the gray. Oh, okay. What are you say, Bob? I got I got a question and I got a comment. The comment first. I disagree with what you said as far as uh, Xavier would just end him. Um, and this goes back to the the classic uh, debate, um, which I love to have is you know, who would win, Batman or Superman? Oh, well, Superman's got all these powers; he would destroy him. Yet. We're not talking about just, you know, people with the same powers. We're talking about these individual characters. Xavier isn't going to destroy Wolverine because that's not what he would do. He, I mean, he doesn't destroy Magneto. Granted, right. Magneto's got the helmet and everything, and I get that, but it, it's just not, it's not in him. He's a good guy. I, and like, like Dave said in his comments, like, you know, if, if Xavier wanted to pull the trigger and really like end him, yeah, he could, but I don't think he would. His, his mantra is always, you know, I can make the bad guy good. I can save them. I can, you know, I don't, I don't think he would do that. So that's my comment. My question is, um, what, what ramifications would happen if Wolverine's bad? I mean, uh, the argument could be made that him and Sabretooth are like mortal enemies. Does that mean Sabretooth becomes good or does Sabretooth join him on the bad side? Like what about, what about that dynamic? I did think about Sabretooth, but I didn't think that – so honestly, like, I'm not a big Sabretooth guy. I don't think that guy's, like – I think in, the in like, the cartoon and stuff, he's, like, a big villain. But, like, he always just kind of always seems to get handled. Uh, he's not, like, Magneto or, or some of these bigger uh, <laughs> villains to me. So, I, I mean, I honestly could see him finally being, like, oh, Logan, you finally saw the light. So I, I will, like, they team up. But, like, I could always see him as a sidekick. I don't see him as, like, a key component to anything, I guess. Um, he, 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 he'd he probably be excited that Wolverine finally hated humans and finally, like, went to that dark point. But, again, he would just be, like, a pawn. Maybe, like, okay, so I used the whole organized crime example. Maybe he's, like, an underboss. Something like that. I'm highly intrigued. I want, I, yeah, I wanted to give Lauren. Do you have something before I say something? I want to give you a <laughs> chance because Bob and I are just walking. No, it's okay. I I this is all new to me. Like my only reference are movies and 
those don't always ring true to the source material. So this you, is you're getting comic books for Christmas. <laughs> she had, she just got comic books today in her basement or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, bunch of random ones. Yeah, exactly. I so I'm gonna walk back what I said about end. Charlie Xavier wouldn't kill Wolverine, but he could absolutely put in a mental blocker to make him better. You know what I mean? Or like just like how he blocked all of his memories from like Weapon X, he could just go in there and just like be like, nope, your memories are that you're a super nice guy and recreate his memories that way. So that's, I just want to clarify, I don't think he would actually kill him. Magneto might, but Xavier would. Lauren? Imagine just having that ability to be like, mm, no, you're not an asshole. You're actually really nice. Like, eh? I don't really like who you are. I'm going to change it. <laughs> I don't. I also don't know if Charles would take that big of a step because to me, Charles is always like free will. Like he'll help you become the best version of you, but I don't know that he wants to put things in your mind that dramatically change who you are. I mean, it's like any character. You got to really pick the version you're talking about because I agree with you. I think there's versions that he wouldn't do that, that he is more free will, but there's definitely versions in the comic books where he has done that. Yes. So, right. Yeah. Right. I guess it would yeah. depend on the, the level of threat. Wolverine being a huge underground boss would be pretty. I mean, like, yeah, that's Wolverine is almost unstoppable in many ways. You know what I mean? Like, even if you, I, what do they do? They not like they put a nuke on him. He didn't die. Right. <laughs> he, he came I, back from a single drop of blood. Yeah, that's, 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 that's why. That's why I could see him just going around <laughs> to different different. <laughs> You can actually mute or... your mic. There's actually a mute button on there just for coughing purposes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's why I said I could see him going around to different like bad guys or different like groups of villains and either saying you're going to join or yeah. like, I'll, I'll fight your top guy. Almost like that beginning oh, scene I'm in sure Troy. Yeah, like I will, I, will end, I will kill you and just take your men because at that point they're going to follow me. Um, I definitely think that that type of organized crime type thing would fit him pretty well i agree um all right so before we get on to lauren i wanted to throw in a a sprinklings um and a little bit of history for you and we're going to take a commercial break so this is before the commercial break so i can actually put it in um so back in 1996 Bob, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to real quick before you go into the sprinkling. Um, I actually gave, I came up with two different ones to give Dave, um, and I, I let him pick, you know, one or two randomly, and he picked uh, two, which happened to be the Wolverine one. Uh, the first one was going to be, uh, what if Wally West became Shazam? I just wanted to throw that out there. But that's, I mean, I wouldn't have taken. That one. That's harder, in my opinion. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't did, tell I him did. what they were. Yeah, I did not know okay. the choices. He said pick one or two, and I was like, oh, uh, I, gotcha. I think I was actually pooping at the time, so I go, I'm gonna go with number two. Fair. Gotta make enough. it relatable. Yeah. Okay, so back in 1996, um, there was an event where Marvel and DC actually uh, created a shared set of comics. Uh, called the um, the Amalgam uh, Universe. So this might be slightly skewed towards Dave if he has all these, but I'm also testing your knowledge. 
So we're going to play True, Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, I love this one. All right. (laughs) Bob, you get to play. Play. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I'm going to throw out uh, three different combinations, okay, of characters. I'm not going to tell you who these characters are, but what I want you to do is tell me who are the actual characters and who is the fake character that I made up, okay? So I'm excited. I'm confused but intrigued. Okay. I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it, too. All right, so the first one is Dark Claw. (laughs) The second one is Dr. Constant Strange. And the third one is Super Soldier. Which one? So Bob's number two. Yeah, I was also going to select number two. Okay. Uh, it is number two. <laughs> <laughs> you, you kept the names too similar. Doctor uh, Constant Strange, which would be a cool character. It would be. But the other, that's a good pairing. The other, it is the other two. So I guess like I also might not have actually. Yeah, you didn't use the other two options. Don't have real character names like Dark Claw. It's you know what I mean and Super Soldier. And then and for the record, I had both of the Dark Claw comic books, so that was kind of obvious. Well, okay, so let me just say this: the reason why I threw that one in there, um, and just just to tell everybody else, Dark Claw is Batman and Wolverine combined. Super Soldier is Superman and Captain America. The character that I based mine off of was Doctor Strange Fate, which is literally Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate. So I didn't think it was that much of a stretch. Saying that, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean you're right. That's that. The other pro- one was. If you would have put that one in there, I probably would have picked that one too. Yeah. Doctor Doomsday was the other one, which was Doctor Doom and Doomsday combined. So I mean, they did some stupid bullshit in 1996, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anything, um, anything to sell a book. But that being said, you guys all got it correct. So before we head into a commercial, Bob has a question. The, uh, the Dark Claw comic books is actually – there's two of them. The yeah. first one is very comic book-y, uh, meaning that it, it's written kind of how you would a normal comic book. The second one is animated uh, to kind of look like the Batman animated series, um, very cartoony. So just throwing that yeah. out Yeah. So like what they did is like one was written by DC – like one was like Wolverine in Batman's world, and the other one was Batman in Wolverine's world. And like that's how they, they did and all they, of them. Like, it's not like Wolverine is Batman. It's just like Wolverine has jumped into a Batman comic. No, no, no. They're combined. No, they're combined. <laughs> yeah, oh. they're, they're one character yeah. that oh, has yeah. similar traits to both. Yep. Yeah. It's weird. Weird. Um, all right. So we will be right back. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetAtowl.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, the only place to travel geekly. 
focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. All right, we are back after those really luscious commercials, and I believe it is Lauren's turn. Yay! And I and I gave you the question, and I can't remember what it is, so why don't you refresh my memory? <laughs> so I'll read you word for word what you said, because it is not actually how I remembered it, so it's not exactly how I answered it. If that makes any sense. <laughs> So, so this, let, let me just put apparently. In this, this scenario, you read my text, you go, this sounds good. And then you went to write it and you go, I don't even know what he said. I'm just going to make it up. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. But, so you said, what if Deadpool was Batman? How would he handle Batman's villains? So instead Ooh. of replacing Batman with Deadpool, I remember your text as like, what if Deadpool broke the fourth wall and entered a Batman comic. So I didn't replace Batman with Deadpool, but I still put him in that universe. No, that's it. Same thing. Tomato, tomato. I don't think it really is, but that's okay. (laughs) This is what I went with. (laughs) Um, Basically, when I started out uh, just researching for this, I just went in and I, I wanted to basically compare Batman and Deadpool. Just... You've got Batman, who is more of the detective. Obviously, Deadpool is the mercenary. You've got Batman, who has that extreme morality where I'd say Deadpool pretty lax. Um, Batman uses his utility belt. He doesn't use guns and stuff like that. I mean, Deadpool's got his twin swords, his guns, all that good stuff. And, of course, Batman, no killing. I won't even mention that with Deadpool. That's not a thing, so... (laughs) Um, His main story arc is killing a bunch of people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the entire Marvel universe. <laughs> what he so, does. Well, exactly. So it's very drastically different to the core characters. Um, so Casey wanted me to talk about a couple of different villains. And I'll tell you, I really just went with Joker and Harley just because I think they go hand in hand. And I kind of figured two for one. Overall, in general, I think... Deadpool would actually really get along with most of the Batman villains. Uh, I don't see Deadpool as a villain. I see him as an anti-hero. Um, but I think he can kind of sympathize uh, with a lot of backstory and a lot of reasons that the villains are who they are. Uh, so I don't think that he would necessarily like go after them or try and stop them from doing what they're doing. So... Basically, uh, Joker or the Con- Prince of Crime, Gesture of Genocide, they all have fun names, like Deadpool, Mark with a Mouth. Um, you gotta throw in, there would be some sort of, wanna know how I got my scars? Because, I mean, scar-swapping stories. Duh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really duh. thought Joker... Duh. Oh, there's another duh in here. Don't worry. Um, I really saw Joker and... Deadpool, like, doing heists together, doing, like, just in general debauchery and crime together. I think that their, uh, I think that their senses of humor would go along really well together. Uh, and I, I think it would be really interesting to see them together. And then throwing Harley in, I think, same thing. I think Harley and Deadpool would get along so well 
that uh, that might actually cause some tension between Deadpool and Joker. So I think Joker would actually, in the end, try and kill Deadpool, um, which obviously not knowing that he can't, that would kind of not end well for the Joker. Um, but, yeah, I think it would... The, the main difference, again, being, I think, obviously Deadpool would end up killing people where Batman wouldn't have. Um, but, yeah, just in general, I think they would all get along. And uh, Harley matches Deadpool. Their outfits match. <laughs> I, I think if you were going to pick any one of the villains to go with, Joker was definitely the best choice. I, think I just think they'd go so well, well, right? Yeah, they're gonna play off of each other. I would love to watch that buddy cop drama right there of the Joker and Deadpool going Just on that heist. Um, I I do think I could see I could see a scene between Deadpool and Bane being very similar to like Deadpool and Colossus on the bridge. Um, that'd be that'd be kind of funny. Um, yeah, there's definitely some other interesting ones. Like how would how would Deadpool deal with like Scarecrow's uh, uh, fear gas? Like what is he gonna <laughs> see? What is he gonna be afraid of? Um, that that's an interesting what if, Casey. That was good. Good on you, man. That was a good one. I think bringing fear gas into it. I don't even know if it would be like a fear. I think it would be more of like Deadpool on drugs. So, yeah, it'd be like a chimichanga attack like, or something like that. He's like tripping. But, <laughs> but I uh, like a chimichanga eating him instead of him in him eating it. But like, I think a funny scene. Just like as we're talking about, like how the the imagery would be is like imagine after Harley and and Deadpool hook up, which is gonna happen. Um, Joker just repeatedly trying to kill him, and him like just respawning, and Joker yeah. just becoming increasingly more and more frustrated. Like, I just I think that'd be like entertaining and super funny to like read or see. Um, I think going off of that exact scene, I think that would drive him even more crazy, and then in the end, loop around that he would find it comical. Like, he would just be so over the edge about it that now it's just there's nothing to do but laugh about it because I can't get rid of you. I would like to say that he would go to Batman, (laughs) and they would, like, team up to stop Deadpool. Yeah, Joker and Batman have to team up to stop Deadpool. (laughs) Yes. That'd be interesting. The other thing I could see is like if he so if if he didn't like the villain, like if he just popped into a Batman comic, he'd probably be like, Why don't you just kill this guy? Like why yeah. are you hitting him with a boomerang or a or, This is easy. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You could have killed him. And then he just walks out of the pain. Like, yeah, like something done. like just like getting frustrated at all like the detective work and plotting and all that stuff instead of just like show, showing up and killing the guy yeah i could so I, i'm picturing like a revamped origin story where where deadpool's powers and scars are caused by like dr uh strange not dr strange um hugo strange yeah hugo, hugo strange. strange yeah, yeah uh, with your experiments and stuff like that like that'd be that'd be a cool little take on that and then what would he do if he ever came across deathstroke that's what I was curious too. I should have made her do that because then it's <laughs> Slade Wilson, Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson, yeah. like just yeah. constantly <laughs> going back. Are we friends or are we? I, just, I picture like the mirror scene where like they're standing across from each other doing the yeah. same thing. Like this is because one was kind of modeled after the other, correct? Correct. Do you okay. know which one came first? 
blade open? Maybe? DC's Deathstroke came first. Yeah. DC's almost everything came first. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel Other than constantly positive stole. cinematic universe. Yeah. And yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, Marvel got the drop on that one. <laughs> um, that was good, Lauren. I thought that was funny. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I think I was thinking more like if he was going to be Batman, but I liked your take on it better. Batman? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, could you picture Alfred dealing with Deadpool? <laughs> no. No. Would he still turn into Mr. Freeze? <laughs> That's a huge twist, is that he shows up as Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Um See he'd even like Deadpool would even even sympathize with uh Mr. Freeze because he can't be with the woman he loves. He can't be with his wife because of what happened to him. Deadpool can't be well, is he with his with Yeah, I mean, I mean, the only one I don't think he'd, like, understand is, like, the Riddler. I think that would just frustrate the shit out of him. Well, and that, that's actually who I saw him, like, walking in and being like, no, I don't have time to figure you out. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, over you. Like, You're maybe, dead. like, Jim Carrey Riddler he would get along with, but any other iteration <laughs> of the Riddler, like, he would just move on. So, it's funny you say the Jim Carrey Riddler um, tie into Jim Carrey when I was kind of looking up uh just general knowledge for this uh somebody posed the question online of what would happen if deadpool wore the mask Hmm. he'd be normal (laughs) (laughs) he's got a little white picket fence and a dog lap dog and yeah like he would be a normal person you can't be more crazy than he'd he'd work a nine to five he'd he'd probably be like an it guy Or an accountant. Yeah. Something like that. Ha! Bob. That's... <laughs> um, so, so when you pitched the idea, Dave, I also thought we were supposed to be writing a graphic novel, so I have a huge thing written. So, Way so to go, that's, Dave! We that's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. So what we talked about kind of a little bit um, when during that luscious commercial break was just that was part of my goal too, was to have different people come up with different ideas. Like I used mine as like a talking point. Like I wanted us to talk about the different situation and kind of what we would do and kick it back and forth and ask questions and bring up different characters, similar to what Lauren and I did. Um, but I also really respect the fact that Bob and you, the writers of the podcast, um, yeah. check out hollowed and when it rains available now on Amazon. Um, uh, you guys took it to the next level and actually wrote a con- wrote a story. Like I, I think that that's cool that we had different versions and different ideas and things like that. It was kind of open ended. I like to keep things open ended in water so that we can adjust. Yeah, and yeah. To piggyback off of that, that. The, the same exact thing. I've said it before. I'll probably I'm sure to say it again. One of my favorite things about this podcast is when we have these generic one line topics and we all run in different directions with it. I, I love that. I love the different interpretations. Me too. Always comes out fun. It always comes out fun. Uh, all right. Well, so I, I, my guy, mine from Dave. Uh, oh, what did Dave was, write? That was a sentence right there. I, I, I got my, 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 my. I am Dave. Uh, what if Alfred is really the big bad in the Batman universe and is responsible for Martha and Thomas's death? So 
I thought that was a pretty good what? <laughs> uh okay, so I'm gonna write this this is long. Let me get into it. Okay. And I also wrote it from Alfred's perspective, just so you know. Should I be Ooh, nice some twist. Plot twist. Dear diary. <laughs> uh, okay. So the thing that you have to understand here is that I didn't choose this life. After a stint as an officer in the British Army, I was immediately recruited for MI6 Secret Service. I was sent out on missions with espionage and counterintelligence at the height of the Cold War. One such mission sent me to Russia to go undercover with the Bratva, or the Brotherhood. MI6 had been tracking their movements for years. They knew that they were planning something big, but needed me to find out exactly what it was. I went through their initiations that included running drugs, killing local members of government, and various other small-time jobs. All this was meticulously detailed and sent along to my superiors. Yet none of these things were what they were truly looking for. Finally, after a couple of years, I was sent to meet with one of the higher captains, Nikolai Bartoli. He was known all over Russia and had his fingers in many nefarious pies. Nikolai had heard of me and how quickly I had moved up through the ranks. He also found it very interesting that I was British, yet decided to join the Bratva. He wanted me to completely prove my loyalty by taking on a mission to kill another member of MI6. After that, I would become his right-hand man and be fully accepted into the Brotherhood. I knew that I should tell my superiors, but I also knew that there was a risk that I would blow my cover, so I decided not to. What I did tell them is that I needed to help in Russia, um, and if this particular agent, whom I heard was also in the area, could help me out. I then hatched a plan for the both of us to meet at a local bar owned by Nikolai to discuss details of the mission. He shows up. We cheers with some vodka. I then make the signal to my other uh, brothers to show up and throw a black hood over his head and throw him in a van. We take the MI6 agent to Nikolai, and he gives me the opportunity to kill the agent myself in front of him. I knew if I didn't, they'd kill me. So I did what I had to do. Once the agent was taken care of, Nikolai and I discuss what's next. He has a unique opportunity to expand his territory outside of Russia. The Bratva want to take their enterprise to America and take on his number one rival in the real estate and oil business, Thomas Wayne. Wayne is located in Gotham, a desolate city that he is fruitlessly hell-bent on reviving. The Bratva want it for their capital of the American enterprise, and Nikolai would like me to go undercover in the Wayne family, get close to Thomas, and then kill him, but make it look like an accident. With Wayne out of the picture, the Bratva can move in, and I would be the American liaison for our brothers. So I set out for the States, this time talking to MI6 and saying that the Bratva were expanding to Gotham. I didn't tell them of Nikolai's plan to make me in charge, though. At this point, I was liking the power that came from my role, and if I could play them for resources as well as rise in the ranks uh, for expanding into Gotham. I didn't tell them of Nikolai's plan to make me in charge, though. At this point, I was liking the power that came from... What the fuck? Did I just say the same thing? Sorry, guys. Uh, (laughs) So, MI6. MI6, reach out to Wayne. 
uh, and told him that he needed protection and that an agent would be working for him under the guise of his butler. From there, it was easy. I paid a Bratva ex-member, Joe Cool, to take care of the Waynes and to make it look like an accident. He had fallen out of favor with Nikolai when he failed to infiltrate the Red Hood gang. I'd be learning more on them when Wayne was out of the picture. So on a night with, that the family was going to the movies, I made the call to Joe. He would make it look like a robbery, but kill Wayne and his family. Joe did his work, but he left the boy alive. I guess he heard a police siren go off when the gunshots erupted in the streets and took off running. I went to take care of Bruce and kill him uh, when I got Cool's call. At first, I had it in my head that if I killed Bruce, I could tie up the loose ends. But then I thought better of it. What if I could mold the boy, teach him the ways of the Brava without him knowing? Also, with the Wayne name, I could secretly manipulate their billions and wouldn't even need the Brava any longer. I'd train Bruce what I had learned in the military and as an MI6 agent. He would look to me as a mentor, never suspecting that I was the puppeteer of his life. Every decision that he made would ultimately just be my influence over him. Yes, this would be the better plan. I could take out the members of the Red Hood Gang, the Bratva, and anyone else who stood in our way. Through the Wayne Boy, I could rule Gotham. The end. What? I really liked the nefarious pies that stood out in my mind. I don't know why. <laughs> the fingers, the fingers and the nefarious pies. The fingers pie. and the nefarious pies. I don't know why that stood out to me. But I'm with Bob. I want more. So keep writing that and get back to it. Yeah, okay? what, you, you stopped the best part. Like, what happens? Who what, Does he control all the villains? Does he only control some he, of them? He's got you. He's got you. He's going to reel you in. I was no, glad. No, I, so- I, I disagree. I disagree. I'm sorry, Casey. I you, you didn't do the job, man. Oh. You, you gave me you gave me two percent of the hundred percent story. I want to know how, what's the outcome. It, Take me all the, the question way to the end. was. He did the back story. He yeah. was responsible for Martha and Thomas's Wayne's death. That's what I gave you. So Wait, I, this is episode. This is this is episode one. I want episode six hundred. What happened? So I am glad. When I first thought of this, I was I was thinking that. Uh, why, why would Casey make Alfred kill the Waynes or be responsible for that death? And I'm glad because at first I was like, I, I just really hoped, I was hoping you didn't do like a, a, he fell in love with Martha and Bruce was actually his kid. And I was like, I'm glad you stayed away from that because mm-hmm. I thought that would have been kind of cheap. Like you started as like the butler of Thomas and Martha. And then as right. time went on, I was glad you stayed away from that. I didn't think of anything else past that. So like what you came up with was awesome. Um, I do want more, so maybe like, I mean, I'm sure the hand towels do too. They're probably on the edge of their seats. Um, so I'm maybe we could do like a part two episode where we get the rest of this story. Uh, here's here's what I want. I want Alfred on his deathbed, where he confesses to Bruce everything. How does Bruce react? What happens after? But that wasn't the question. Who, who takes over the empire? No, but. Do you wait until the deathbed, or is there a scene where he's at the height of his game and he confesses, or like the egotistical? Like, does that get to him, or is he just way or above is, that? Or is Batman truly the world's greatest detective and starts to put put the pieces together? That's that's the thing. That's Stay the thing you got to get past. How does this get past Bruce Wayne his entire life? 
I mean, I get when he's a boy and stuff, but once he starts learning his detective abilities, how does Alfred keep it from he's him? Always, like he's always one step ahead of him. He put and, the story and does in Alfred truly control everything? Like, does he control all the villains, or are the villains just like other gang members trying to take over turf, and Alfred's turning Batman loose on them? Like, go handle my go handle my problem. He's secretly the the biggest weapon. I yeah. think if, if that's the, if that's the case, if Alfred's like the underground crime boss. Him and Penguin have to have some serious problems. Or maybe they're working together. Maybe that's why Penguin's the other gangster in Gotham. Casey's too questions. silent. Come on, I, I need feedback. <laughs> well, I'm I'm taking it all in. These are all very good points. They're all valid points. I mean, I, I, I guess, like, I didn't go too far into the future, but my thought process was he's training Batman to be his weapon. So if he goes, hey go stop this person, it's because he wants to take over what the Falcons have or what the Penguin has or whatever. It's like he knows that it's just for him a uh, maybe not necessarily a political move, but like a territory move or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah power, power move. move. So yeah, he's, he's, it has to be about power. Because yeah, I mean, you have, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Money. He started as MI6. Yeah. Right. You exactly. have you have the money. You you gotta it's gotta be a power thing. Like what what is it what's his motivation now? to rule the world pinky yeah i I, to be the way that i thought about it because i think about most things in star wars terms he becomes the emperor and and batman is his darth vader he started off as a kid and then he doesn't know it but he's the phantom menace and he just molds him the entire So, (laughs) so are we getting a story arc where damian wayne is luke and comes out of nowhere see <laughs> Who's Yoda? I don't even know. I was know, just about man. to say that. <laughs> well done, Casey. Thank yeah, you. very, very well done. Um, I want to hear more about both of these. Um, so continue your writing, please. And all of these, <laughs> I know that you don't have. I've got a Doctor Constance Strange story in the works too. If you guys want to. <laughs> <laughs> so. I- <laughs> I vote that this becomes kind of like a mini series for us where we start we we switch up who gives who what. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. Um but that being said, I did want people to be able to still exercise their creative muscles during this episode outside of um what Dave presented. So I don't know who wants to start or if someone wants to volunteer, um, but this is what I wanted to do. I wanted you guys to come up with, based off of the amalgam kind of thing that I brought up before, what two characters would you merge and what would their powers be? Bob, jump. Do we have to stick with a DC and a Marvel or can we do two DCs or two Marvels? Anything. Anything. Hmm. Um, I'll start, but this is going to be completely off the top of my head. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dr. Strange. Um, so I'll stick with him. So I'll pick him. And I think, you know, he's a, he's a magic and I always like the yin and the yang type mixes. So I'm going to try to think of a character that's not kind of magic or fantasy based, more physical. Um, I could see like a Dr. Strange and maybe like a Bane, where you have this hulking, I mean, Bane's already kind of really, really intelligent and really smart. Like um, a genius, yeah. 
Yeah, so so maybe like a Doctor Strange and a um 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 oh god, what's his name? Uh, uh the dead zombie guy from DC. Swamp thing? Anybody? Dead man? No, um born on a Monday. Solomon, Solomon Grundy. Grundy. Solomon Grundy, yeah. Solomon Grundy and Doctor Strange. That's what I want to see. So, I want to see a wizard who is a zombie who lives forever and doesn't know what his real name is. Mine, yeah. I guess my my first thought would be like Doctor Manhattan and Captain America. Just because, like, you would have what's that power set? <laughs> everything. Just like I was more thinking, like, you have all of Doctor Manhattan's powers and like. Which is but you ha- anything, but you ha- right? But you have the morals of Captain America. So where he, I, and I don't know a ton about him, but every time I read something about him, he's like, kind of wondering how much of his powers he should use, how much of the world he should influence, things like that. So I just think that would be really interesting to give him the ultimate moral compass of Cap. I don't. Know, I gotta. I gotta disagree with that only because um, one of the things I really like about Doctor Manhattan is that he is not. He, he he has endless powers. I mean, he can literally do anything. But why doesn't he? He really doesn't care about the human race anymore. I mean, he has transcended that, you know, that even that caring at all. Like he's so far beyond the human race that that we're nothing to him, and he doesn't even give us a second thought. And I think if you pull him back with morals like Captain America, it, to me, it, it kind of takes away from that character a little bit. I was just thinking, like, what could he do to help the humans if he had a human human moral compass? That's kind of what I was thinking. That's a good dichotomy, actually. Go go the opposite direction. Do Dr. Manhattan and Deadpool. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> or Thanos. Give Thanos Ooh. all those powers that he wants. Yeah, I don't know how that would... That's interesting. Because that... At that point, he'd probably just do what he did with the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you pretty much have endless powers as Dr. He Manhattan. Just, he just doesn't have to go through the whole battle of trying to get the stuff. <laughs> He's just like... like just, and there's no stopping him. Yeah. Right. As soon as he thinks of it, he just does it. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think you can kill Dr. Manhattan, like, either. I mean... I didn't watch the new show, so I can't 100% say if he dies or not in that show. But Oh, you yeah. did watch it. I watched the first couple episodes, and my wife goes, this is too weird. Yeah, my <laughs> wife asked me if she would like it, and I was like, yeah, text, text Casey, because I did not watch it, but I remember that you were. The I, first I couple episodes, I, now that we're talking about it, I need to go finish it. I was blown away. I thought it was the greatest thing. It was really cool. Anyway. To me, Watchmen is one of the best comic books ever written. Uh, it it takes you on this journey about the bad guy winning, and you almost like at, at the end, there's like this light switch where you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, and it totally makes sense, and I'm I'm on I'm on board, and I think he did the right thing. But it's I don't know, I can go on and on. I love that comic book. But I mean, it's it's the Thanos thing, right? If you know that you can save billions, <laughs> but you have to to sacrifice billions. Are you the the problem is, is that you're taking away free will, and that's what people hate. Whether Thanos, it's the right choice or not isn't 
really it. It's about Listen, free will. I didn't want to bring this up, but can we all acknowledge that Thanos' plan was stupid? The population doubles every like 80 years. That's all you bought us was 80 years. Then we're right back to where we are now. I don't know if I... I mean, you're the accountant, but is that a fact? That the population... Instead of doubling, wouldn't it go up to like 25%? Because you have half the people respawning or pop, repopulating instead of Still everyone. Though, but my point is the same, though. You're, not, you're not saving the universe years. for longer than a generation or two. That is true. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you right. might buy a little bit more time because you now have to readjust to the new world that is after the snap. Like, I think that you, yes, I get it that it's a, it's, you're really only pushing the clock back a little bit, but you're still, he's doing something. He just can't sit by and not do anything. So he is taking what he can and this is his plan. So like he's accomplishing what he wants to do, but it's not a long-term goal, I guess. His son was, his plan wasn't so thought out. So, Except Casey and Lauren, what two characters are you picking? I have no idea. This is way too much creative responsibility. I can't make this <laughs> choice. <laughs> Don't make me choose. You know, it's funny. I actually had not thought about this. Like, I wrote the question, <laughs> and then I didn't come up with an answer for myself because um, I ran out of time. But, you know, I guess, like, it would be cool if you saw something like batman and like kitty pride so like you've got batman's detective but he can also like go through walls in phase like there is this really good comic now called marauders where um she runs a pirate ship and like they like it's the coolest thing it's x-men on a pirate ship it's like one of the greatest ideas i've ever seen but um, she's like doing this battle with somebody and he goes to stab her and she lets him like, you know, run his arm through her. It's very nice. <laughs> but then then she like materializes and his arm like comes off. And I was just like, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like his arm about... is totally severed, not just stuck. There. Yes. No, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like the scene in Infinity War where Doctor Strange does like the portal for what's his name to jump through and then one of the i forget which one of thanos's guys like sticks his arm in they, or maybe it was yeah. w- maybe it was wang instead of uh dr strange whoever it was they close the portal and the dude's arm falls off and spidey's like oh it's gross or whatever whatever that scene is it'd be like that mm-hmm. Something like what that. uh what two villains would you combine it's it's hard to say because like Doctor Doom, I think, is like one of the greatest villains of all time because he's such a mega genius. You know what I mean? So like, but he's a human, right? So like, if you gave him something like Magneto's power, unstoppable, instantly. Like, <laughs> just be just what he could think of, or like do something really weird and go like Doctor Doom with Galactus. <laughs> Jesus, that would be that would be insane. I don't know. I'd probably have to go more of like, uh, like mm, I, I like I like the the villains that kind of toy with with the uh, 
the the good guys. Uh, so maybe like a Riddler, and um, kind of like a Red Skull. Yeah, I like both of those guys too. Yeah, hopefully we see Red Skull come back outside of Doramir or whatever that place was. The only the only problem is, is that's a lot of red and green. That's a lot of Christmas. It'll be a Christmas time villain. <laughs> That's Jack Skellington when he tries to take off. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, that's all I got. Uh, you know, I wanted those little sprinklings, but I thought this was a good idea. I mean, I think a part two would be fun. It's almost endless possibilities as to uh, what you could do. But um, let's end the episode with what we try to do, which is uh, what we're geeking out on. So anyone can volunteer. Lauren, I'm forcing volunteer. Lauren, volunteer. Okay. Um, I started listening to Ready Player One on uh, audiobook. Yeah, you did. I love, we had this debate off air. Um, I really like audiobooks. I like to be read to. Um, I find it very relaxing, but I also, I have trouble focusing when I'm reading. Um, I think it takes a lot more energy for me to read and then give my imagination free range. Like I feel like I can be more imaginative and uh, submerse myself in the universe if I'm being read to and that's just the way my mind works. Um, so one of my favorite movies is Ready Player One and talking to a co-worker before all of COVID happened, um, she told me the book was better. Actually, this was in preparation for one of our previous podcasts about, uh, can't even remember the actual topic, Adaptation. but it was like, taking, yeah, it was like taking one media into the other. And she told me that the book was better. So I gave it a try since I love the movie and it is very, very different, but I love it. You think so? I mean, I'm, I'm only at the first gate. So I'm not super far into it, but the book introduces school. It introduces the idea of the educational value of the Oasis rather than just the entertainment value and the negative side effects of the Oasis. You don't know anybody's in school in the movie. No school is mentioned. So the first um, key and gate are very different. You don't really see a challenge at the gates in the movie it's just like put your key in the gate and you're there so i think that obviously as books normally are it is a lot more in depth and more detailed but there's a whole side to it that the movie just didn't even touch on and i think that's really cool so so i'm not really far into it but i'm really enjoying it so far i like Um, both i mean i i agree with you obviously the book's going to be more in depth but i yeah when I watched the movie, I was like, this is the way to do it. Plus, it's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> well, I, I think that I have a... I'm going to have it. Did you read the book first? Casey? Sorry, you dropped. Did you read the book first? Yeah. See, and I'm doing it the opposite. So I only watched the movie, and now I'm going back and listening to the book. So I feel like... I am giving it more detail. Like, I already fell in love with this story in this movie, as books do. I'm giving this 
well, I'm not, but I'm getting more detail into this universe, this world. Right. Which the whole premise is just this vast new, like, plane of existence, basically. Like, it's it's this huge world. And uh, so just getting more more details about it and more stuff that happens is, I don't know how it could be bad. So I'm excited to hear more. So I, I got a comment to make about the book uh, movie thing. I've actually had uh, negative experiences with that, with watching something first and then going to the book or to the source material. Um, you do get more detail, and when, especially when it's something you love, it's nice to get that kind of extra um, originality. But a lot of, not a lot of times, but there have been some times where I've fallen in love with the movie or the TV show, and then when I go back to the source material and realize the changes that were made, it's like, well, I kind of like the version I fell in love with better. I don't really like that small change or that minor detail. I mean, I've never hated it, but it's always been like, eh, I don't know, I kind of prefer this one over that one. Yeah, I have two instances on the opposite spectrums. One, I think that Lord of the Rings movies are far superior to the books. And I read the books first. But those movies, the extended editions only, are so detailed. And so just to see it, for me, I was like, I I will never read those books again. And That is surprising. I love those movies only because uh, lord of the rings i mean th- that that book series is hailed as like the very first fantasy series ever i mean they he coined the phrase org and, and stuff like that uh yeah so the movies are better and then um <laughs> the other one was uh ah oh, shit i totally forget it it'll come back to me but just what wait you said where you got details more and you didn't like it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Lost it. Sorry. I'll come back to it. But keep listening to that book. It's great. I, I plan to. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not very far into it. So I'm excited to hear the rest, what more details I get. Um, I have to catch up on Killing Eve because I'm oh, very yeah. behind on that. I absolutely love that show. So... I'll be binging that soon. Um, I don't remember if last time I said I finished Sabrina. Finally. Um, I really liked that. I didn't. But yeah. (laughs) You didn't like it? I did. A lot of people hated the third season, but I liked it. Oh, I loved it. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, it's it's a wacky, wacky show. Um... Real quick, Bob, I know you're going to say something. Wanted. I love the movie. And then when I read that comic, and it is very different. And the comic is actually slightly cooler that I was like, oof, I really wish we would have seen this. But the movie's still cool. But the comic, you just kind of are like, it's so different. (laughs) I get a lot of shit for liking that movie with not from you guys. From other friends. Casuals. You cannot curve a bullet. I'm not watching a movie because it's supposed to be realistic. I'd watch a documentary. It's not possible. (laughs) Uh, All right, Bob, what are you uh, geeking out? 
Um, so not much has changed. Most of the stuff I, I said last time that I was geeking out on are like long-term things. Like I'm still watching Shameless. I'm getting ready to end season two. Uh, me and my wife are watching it together. We try to get about an episode in a night. Um, so I'm still geeking out pretty heavy on that. I did start a new audio book piggybacking off of Lauren. Um, I got, I, I read, well, I listened to all the Game of Thrones books, but now that those are over, I downloaded uh, Jade City. It's a pretty popular book from what I'm told. Um, and the premise behind it is essentially, um, it's set in like 1970s, 1980s Asia. And they have this, I don't want to say race, but this like um, island of magic wielders that if they have a piece of jade, um, they can use it to, to yield magic. And the more jade they have on them, physically touching them, the stronger their powers are and stuff. And they basically developed into this kind of like mafia-esque uh, family hierarchy. Um, it, it, it's pretty good so far. It's it's different. It's definitely different, but it's, it's pretty good. And there's a, a second book to it that I may or may, or may not go on to. Um, so there's that. And then I just started Money Heist. Heard phenomenal things about it. I'll give it a shot. I'm on episode three. One thing that they do not tell you and all the hype online is that it Spanish. is subtitled. Did not know that. So that was kind of shocking when after the first couple minutes, the subtitles didn't go away. Um, but they don't, <laughs> they, they don't like subtitle it. They dub it and they dub it in, in a pretty good way. So you can kind of forget while you're watching it that it's, it's uh, dubbed. Um, but so far it's pretty good. Would the subtitle thing had changed your mind in watching it? Um, if it had been subtitles, yeah, probably. But the fact that it's dubbed and dubbed well, um, I, I'm okay with it. There, there's, been, there's only been a handful of movies that I've watched that were subtitled that I, I still really liked. Like the, there's a French movie called The Brotherhood of the Wolf. That's a really good movie. I strongly recommend that, but it's subtitled. So um, don't yeah. don't uh, don't ever watch Narcos then because those are subtitled. And they're amazing. They're one of the best shows I've ever watched. But every season, it's about the cartels in Mexico and or other Spanish-speaking countries. So 85% of it is subtitled. Right. And so, and I actually, I did watch like the first season of Narcos, um, and it it was definitely subtitle heavy. Yeah. Um, but you still have those those scenes of you know the the yeah, American. The- because there's the American DEA DEA agents, but like right. I would say 80% of especially Narcos Mexico, but the original Narcos too with Pablo. Um, it's very, it's good. It's just very subtitle heavy. I think I would definitely like. I don't know this either. Either of these shows I haven't watched, um, but I would agree with Bob. Knowing ahead of time that something has subtitles basically drops it off of my list. Because, as I said, I don't like reading, and I don't like that form of entertainment. I don't, I know people say it all the time, but I don't want to read my movie. I go to a movie to watch it, because that's how I intake entertainment best. Like, that's how I absorb it best. I mean, I thought- kind, of, kind of the same idea, but, I mean, for me, it's it's less of, like, me not wanting to read it, and me just, like... I want to I want to pay attention to the action and it's I can't do that while I'm constantly at the bottom of the screen. So it's not that yeah. it's not that I don't like reading it. It's just that I I rather be watching what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I'm very distracted by the reading and I'm always that person who's like, "Oh, did you notice that thing off in the background that they right, left there?" Exactly. Like I like to do that and I can't do that if I'm reading. 
I thought I would hate it, and I really like the narco show. So I think that it, I think it just takes some getting used to. Oh, I'm sure I missed out on a lot of a lot of cinema, a lot of like entertainment because I don't give it a shot. And I'm sure I there would be ones that I like, and I just there's so much more out there that I can fill my time with that I'll just give that a shot over something I have to read. As sad as that is, and I'm sure that that sounds like terrible. Conceded. You concede an American attitude. Yeah, like, and I know that about myself. <laughs> for, for sure. I'm just kidding. But it's just not me. I was just going to say, um, I won't pass any judgment on you for not watching subtitled <laughs> things. I will say that if it's subtitled, I will not be eating dinner or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, if it's a subtitled movie, like, this is what we're doing. It, it will take me longer to get to watch a subtitled movie because I know I have to devote the time and the energy to do it. It's not something that can idly play in the background. Um, that being said, you know, it's very small-minded that it's just these movies in America. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an entire world of cinema. Yep. Yep. No, I'll... I'll... Like I said, I granted, really Americans typically make some pretty good movies, but uh, I've watched well, many a good foreign movie as well. Oh, and that—that that wasn't me saying that there's not good foreign movies out there. It's just me saying I know I probably I know. won't ever see them. Yeah. yeah. Until you learn the language, then there's no subtitles. Sure. Done. That's fair. <laughs> well, Money Heist, no subtitles. It's all dubbed. Don't take it off your list. And. Uh, uh, the uh, the only other thing I tell I was geeking out on is I just came across a new podcast called American Scandal. Um, it takes like large American scandal events throughout history. Um, for example, uh, I think Watergate's one of them. There's a, a couple ones I didn't even know about. Um, and it kind of breaks it down into like six episode hour long. You know, gives you the facts behind it. I, I like history, That's so cool. it's a pretty cool podcast. That would be fun, actually. My go, my go. Um, all right, so I have finally given in. Can you not hear me? Yeah, I can, I can hear, hear you. you. Yeah, I can hear Casey. Casey wasn't getting to his mic. Oh, sorry. I thought you couldn't hear me. Everyone was going like this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I finally gave in. Started Harry Potter. Uh, we have watched the first. Only took you a decade. <laughs> oh well. Uh, He's I, here now. It's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm here now. Uh, you know, I watched the first two. I also have started reading the first book that Lauren let me Audio borrow. Book? No, I've said reading. Um, so yes, I have begun reading the first book. Um, and it's interesting so far. I will, I'm interested. Is it ironic see- that you're reading the books and, and like subtitles and me and Lauren don't like subtitles and do an audio books? <laughs> A little <laughs> bit. Yeah, point. maybe. I didn't say it. so. I, I guess I don't like subtitles, but I've learned that it's not going to stop me from watching a media that I want to watch. I guess is more what I meant. Like I'm not going to be like, oh yes, only like I'm not going to sort Netflix by what has subtitles and only watch that. I'm just not going to not watch something that I want to watch because it has subtitles. Um, we also started watching Outer Banks on Netflix, um, which is pretty cool so far. Only two episodes in. Um, I watched this thing that Josh Gad, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He did Olaf's voice. He's in Olaf. Frozen. Yeah. Um, but he does this like kind of video podcast, YouTube thing called reunited. Um, 
And the first one he did was the cast of The Goonies, where he got everyone together. They talk about the movie. They do a bunch of the lines. And then uh, Saturday, I think it was, he did Back to the Future. So want to watch that. Oh, have not yet. Cool. Yeah, want to watch that. Have not yet. And then also this weekend, uh, there was live sports in America for the first time since March. Uh, watched two, UFC 249, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much everything that I've been geeking out on. Triple C retired. Yes. Good. I totally forgot to say uh, one other thing that I was geeking out on. Uh, I started watching the Disney Plus show Prop Culture. And uh, I'm so glad I don't have money because I would own anything and everything there is from The Nightmare Before Christmas. That episode was like my all-time favorite thing ever. I just want... You see, at the end, he's got, like, a box and individual frames of all of the jackheads. Because they, yeah, they have to model each expression onto his face individually. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's what I want. Anyway. Yeah, I watched that show. That was the first episode I watched, and yeah, it was crazy. Um, Yeah, that's a really good show. Disney Plus has that. Um, Did you watch The Muppets? I haven't yet. I watched not that Pirates. I watched Pirates. That was the other yep. one I watched. Um, they also have the show called Disney Gallery, which is like uh, this new series, and it was behind the scenes about the Mandalorian. So there's two episodes in so far, which is just a four-hour documentary on the making of the Mandalorian, which is freaking amazing. So that was cool. And that. Two episodes have come out with that. Um, we started watching Upload. It is one of the most original concepts that I have ever seen on television, and I am absolutely in love with the idea. It's uh, basically it's when you die, if you have money, you can upload your consciousness into a heaven type world. And it's just like a giant like um, chateau like out in the middle of nowhere and there's a lake and you can eat extravagant food and go golfing and all this stuff and like but someone's paying for that or you just die die but you know this is about this guy who his consciousness gets uploaded so you're still alive you can still interact with people in the real world like via like an app or whatever like they can call you and you can call them and <laughs> it's insane it's the guy who created what platforms it on amazon prime yeah cool. so we started All watching right. that and they're, they're half hour episodes as well which is the other thing so um just watching it it's the guy who greg daniels who brought the american office or he brought the british office to america and adapted it and parks and rec and all that kind of stuff though it's definitely it is funny, but it is not like a full on comedy. Like there's drama in there, there's heavy, heavy sci fi in there. Um, it's rated R, so there's sex, there's violence and all that stuff. It's very, very good show. Um and then uh geez, man, I don't know. We just watched a bunch of we watched oh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which ended the since the DC animated uh, universe since 2013, since Flashpoint up until now, 
it was like their Infinity War in a way for the DC animated world. We watched that um, over the weekend. That was freaking awesome. And then I've been writing comics. I wrote in Fairy 2, which maybe I'll send it to Bob to to look it over. I wrote Hollowed Issue 3. I worked on my audio drama. <laughs> I don't know. At first, with I have this... a Hollow Two's um, Kickstarter saved, waiting for it to drop. Yeah, like, don't don't send any of us any of this stuff to look over. Only Bob. Well, he's the only other person who wrote on this episode, so that's why I sent. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Enough of us read. We could look over things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in Dave's defense, point. I'm also the one that does not read. <laughs> right. I am the audiobook guy. So. Yeah. I don't know. I've also watched Bloodshot. I forgot to mention that, which was cool with Vin Diesel. Oh, is that good? How was it? It's good. I I enjoyed it. I didn't know a ton about the character. I know a little bit about the character, but not a ton, so I enjoyed it. Um, and then I forgot to mention The Last Dance. Still watching that. It's the best spot, sports documentary ever made. Um, it's awesome. So yeah. I got to download it. I was waiting for it all to like. Uh, next next week it ends. Yeah. yeah. Next week it ends. It'll be ten hours. I actually have point. a bone to pick with that because I was gonna watch it because I have ESPN Plus. It's not available on ESPN Plus. You have to have ESPN, which is garbage. Yeah, ESPN's pretty garbage. ESPN Plus is pretty garbage. I think so. if you just write to Michael Jordan, he's sending out copies like Blu-rays to people. Oh, um, nice. Space it's, Jam. It, it'll probably be it'll probably be on ESPN Plus when it's done. Um, That's but true. like. I it's it's on YouTube TV, which is what I have, and I watch it. So, huh. well, I want to thank my guests for being on this "What If" episode. Uh, maybe the next topic will be "What If We Continue Doing This Together." Who knows? But uh, I think we will. <laughs> so, <laughs> what if everyone um, say bye in their own special ways? Bye. Adios. Oh, I was going to say adios and then say subtitled. Hasta I, need, I was going to say, I need subtitles. Oh, okay. This is Casey saying uh, ciao. <laughs> <laughs>